1: Do you ever have the feeling that we are surrounded by people who value a woke cause more than they do the welfare of human beings? Do you think that progressives, say maybe like environmentalists, actually care more about the cause they're championing than people? This is Sandy Shack. The number is 617-266-6868. The prime example, I, I threw it out for just, you know, a, a glimpse there as we were coming in. The prime example for me of someone who who basically seems to care more for a cause than people is the rabid environmentalist who, you know, scream from the rafters that we are killing the planet and we need to stop driving. We need to banish cars. We all need to ride bikes and walk. We're going to stop burning fires or using gas stoves or aerosol sprays. We got to get rid of cows. You know, those are, it's the way the devil cows are. They, they give off methane, you know, and, and, I want to ask them, you know, who is this cleaner planet for? Might I ask? You know, all these people who you know can't drive or cook or make things or milk cows. You know what? What are they supposed to do with this beautiful, pristine planet that we're going to uh, that we're going to configure through stopping all human activity? Um, it seems to me that they could give a fig, um, you, you know, for for their fellow. They're fellow denizens of this planet, and I saw an example of this tone deafness this week uh, that kind of gobsmacked me, and I wanted to share it with you um, because i i was I was somewhat taken aback because most people who are tone deaf, you know, don't even they have no clue that they're tone deaf. But the outgoing assistant secretary for oceans. And International Environmental and Scientific Affairs at the Department of State. Uh, her name is Monica Medina. And she was giving an interview to ABC. And she said um, she drew a correlation of seeing pollution go down um, during the lockdown and people discovered that their quality of life is better now because they didn't have to worry about going outside and and doing much more about air pollution as they did before. In other words, she's saying, hey, the lockdown was a good thing because we had a chance to enjoy nature. You know, ask some of those people caught in high rises in New York City if they had a chance to enjoy nature or anybody else who is in lockdown. But I want you to hear it for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Cut 64, please, Michael.
2: You know a lot of people during the pandemic woke up to this fact all over again, you know, because they were home, and when they went outside, they really appreciated how much they enjoyed getting to be in the environment more days than they would if they would have been in the office. And in fact, we saw pollution levels go down, and people went, huh, "Huh, my quality of life is a little bit better now that I don't have to worry about whether it's a red, a code red day for smog or air pollution." So, people did become more aware, and it's a great time for us to be thinking about this. Earth Day reminds us, but. It's it's something we need to be thinking about every day. Every day can be Earth Day. Wow.
1: Did I just hear a member of the Biden administration say the pandemic lockdowns were a good thing? Uh, because with everybody locked up inside, you know, going quietly crazy, especially if you were, you know, in, like I said, an apartment situation with no yard. Uh, well, hey. You know, that, it was good because pollution went down because nobody was driving. <clears throat> that was a good thing all those restaurants that closed you know were no longer using those horrific gas stoves so we had fewer emissions right never mind the people who lost their jobs because those restaurants closed along with you know many other small types of businesses besides food businesses this uh, lockdowns were good things you know it's because people couldn't drive to church anymore to go to services that was a good thing all of this is good Because you got to enjoy nature if you could stick your head out the window. Is this entire administration tone deaf to people? Seriously. Seriously. It, It just, I think back over the last few couple years, actually, and think about their responses to the pain. Or, or the distress is probably a better word of the American people in various situations or of any people in various situations. And it's just alarming to me. The, you, know, you expect there's going to be one or two in any administration, but this administration has a plethora of people who are tone deaf. You know, For instance, just as an example, um, we had an energy secretary laughing at gas prices. Do you remember this, Secretary Granholm? Cut 23, please, Michael.
3: In Sturgis, Michigan, it is $2.89 a gallon. I guess that's better than in California. What is the Granholm plan to increase oil
4: production in America? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That is hilarious. Would that I had the magic wand on this.
1: Well, actually, you did. You know, it was called Drill. So I mean, thats it was funny that people couldn't afford to drive to work. It was just funny, funny, funny. And then how about Pete Buttigieg during the the whole um formula issue, shrugging at parents who couldn't find baby formula because the supply lines were so bad because he's fallen down the job as transportation secretary. Um, he was not that concerned because he had all he needed cut twenty four.
5: This is very personal for us. We got two nine month old children's baby formula is a very big part of our lives. And like millions of Americans, we've been rooting around stores, checking online, getting in touch with relatives in other places where they don't have the same shortages to see what they can send over. And we figured it out. We're all set.
1: We figured it out. We're good. Chaz and I are good. What do we have to care we know? We don't have to care about, you know, anything further. We're we're good. And one of my favorites of all time when it comes to showing, highlighting the tone deafness of this administration is President Biden. Remember when he was talking to George Stephanopoulos on ABC regarding the Afghans falling from transport planes because they were desperate to escape Afghanistan as we pulled out? Cut 25, please.
4: But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed. Into a C seventeen, we've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago.
1: Hey, you? Do, why are you bothering with it? This happened four or five days ago. That sent a shiver up my spine when I heard that. There was there was a minor example of this just yesterday, um, that just just really uh, set me the wrong way too. Um, Corrine Jean Pierre, White House Press Secretary, was asked by Peter Ducey why the president hasn't invited the National Covenant School shooting victims to the White House, but he's invited the um, he's invited the the Tennessee lawmakers who were expelled from from the legislature because they were rabble rousing you know bringing demonstrators into the house she she had no response for that cut 69 please michael
5: so monday you're going to have three of the lawmakers who protested
1: peacefully protested
5: who peacefully protested after the nashville covenant school shooting have any of the victims or the victims families been invited to the white house
1: i don't have anything to, to read out to you about any invite Why? I just don't have anything at this time to read out to you any invite. What I can say to you right now is that the president is focused on getting things done. He's focused on making sure that we are protecting our communities, that we're protecting our schools, uh, that we're protecting our churches, we're protecting our grocery, grocery stores that people, as we know, in Buffalo went to the grocery on a Saturday and got murdered. Ten of them were murdered. We see what's happening in our schools. And that's why he's bringing these legislators here to have that conversation and to see what else can be done and to highlight that. Really? Just those legislators? if you she cared so much how about inviting the other legislators or more than just those two i mean that to me was was but god forbid we talk to the families who are affected by the shooting by the school shooting so this i mean doesn't that demonstrate to you that they don't care about the people they just care about political optics and sucking up to special interest groups that's what it that's what it looks like to me that this administration does not value people, not their lives, not their struggles, not their future, even though the president tries to, you know, make a a big deal about being the empathizer in chief, you know, and nowhere to me do you see this more clearly than how they're handling this transition that they're forcing upon us uh, to go to a green-based economy. You know, I see that. As one of the biggest examples of them not caring about people the economic hardships that we are facing are not happenstance they are being deliberately rained down upon us by this administration in the name of environmentalism that's what is happening the most obvious instance this week is what's happening with the oil prices No, gas prices are, again, on the rise under the Biden gang. But this time they can't use strategic oil reserves to keep the prices down. Why? Because we drained. We drained the the strategic reserve. There's no oil left in there. None. No whatsoever. And the average cost for gasoline uh, is going up 21 cents right now in just one month. It's skyrocketing up. And drivers in the Northeast are going to see even a bigger increase in gas over the next couple of weeks as operators transition to summer fuel blends. That's been done in other areas of the country, but it's starting to happen here now, too. And gas, if you go to gasbuddy.com, which is where you can always see the gas prices, you're going to see the prices are going up. They're going skyrocketing up. And we have no strategic oil reserves. Was this a plan? Do they not care that high gas prices are going to make us suffer? Are they more concerned with a political agenda? I think they are. This is the Kuna Report. 617-266-6868. 617-266-6868. This is Sandy Shack sitting in for Jeff Kuhner here on the Kuna Report. Our text number is 70470. On the text line, we have 781. It's all intentional. Everything that's happened these past few years, these people are evil, plain and simple. I can understand why you would say that, given the fact that you know the uncaring that we seem to be getting from the administration, and not only are they not trying to make things better for us, they, they over and over again, look like they're deliberately trying to make things worse. 617 says, Sandy, my wife went ballistic when the former press secretary, uh, Peppermint Patty Saki, accused mothers of hoarding baby formula. My wife pointed out that the cost of formula prohibited hoarding. That's for doubt. Absolutely. That's true. Absolutely. That's true. I agree with you. 100%. President Biden's um, haste to force his political agenda on us. And in this case, uh, force us to prematurely, uh, go to a green society is destroying our economy and acting um and and acting's the wrong word and basically creating a great deal of pain and hardship for most Americans now this president says you know he feels our pain he's always talking about you know whenever he tears up and talks about Bo whenever you talk about anything that's you know family members are in pain of any kind and it's just he's the empathizer in chief um but he he doesn't seem uh to really follow through with anything that's going to alleviate anybody's pain and no one in the biden administration seems to take into
0: account Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The hardships they're creating when they push their
1: environmental policies. You know, the most immediate example of that, as I said before, is our gas policy. Is the gas prices what's happening now. Last summer, when the prices went up, the president... Released oil from our strategic reserve, hoping to influence the price to go down, and it did a little, and you know, just just a bit. But now, you know, gasoline has just hit a five-month high, and it's going up. And the problem is, President Biden has emptied the strategic oil reserves; they are not there anymore. We have nowhere to go this time. You know and it occurs to me that maybe this was the plan all along to drain our reserves, you know antagonize OPEC who then raises prices, refuse to drill and make gasoline so expensive that those of us who are reluctant to buy electric vehicles because you know they are also too expensive or the tech is still buggy um, if you can't afford one, um the rest of us if we're driving our you know fossil fuel guzzling cars there are screwed royally screwed and and I'm surprised you know that I don't hear more people screaming from the rafters about this that this is a serious issue the president seems to not care at all that this is going to harm us he has set this up step by step it was foreseeable All along the way, people going, excuse me, when the price is low, he refused to fill the strategic oil reserves. Congress refused to, his Democrat Congress refused to fill the strategic oil reserve when prices were low and they've drained it now but and people kept saying well don't drain the strategic oil reserve you know we need to drill that will take care of the problem instead what you're doing is leaving us in a bad position because you're going to get rid of all our oil we won't be able to it's there for war by the way not for for a gas hikes and we shouldn't do this this is going to be a problem and here we are here's the problem but did he want the problem is that what we're looking at victor in maryland welcome to wrko how are you victor
2: I'm doing fine in the People's Republic of Maryland, um, and they're going to ban gas-powered cars, uh, but it's not going to happen. Look, the... um environmental movement is now the new home of the communist party and i've been calling these people watermelons for years because they're green on the outside and red on the inside i'm blind and i'm forced to take public transportation unlike some people who talk about well i'm going to tell These people, they got cited privilege. I can't drive a car, obviously, so I'm stuck with public transportation when I can get it. So they're forcing people into either electric cars or public transportation. They don't want you to be able to move from point A to point B. The light bulbs. Let me tell you something about the light bulbs. I know somebody who has epilepsy, and he cannot... Be around any fluorescent lights or these uh, LED lights or mm-hmm. the little Curly Q light bulbs because they flicker uh, when the uh, sixty-cycle uh, thing goes into effect. The power and it, it goes on and his, off rapidly, and it
1: triggers his epilepsy.
2: Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. So the old-fashioned incandescent light bulb, which they want to band would solve that problem. Also. My friend Nick in Baltimore, who's probably going to call in today, told me that you can get an inexpensive filter to eliminate the interference that's caused by the electronics so you can save AM radio that way. And that's another thing they've done, too. They purposely have uh, made it impossible for anyone to have AM radio in their cars now because of all the electronics. And that can be remedied right then and there. I mean, this whole thing, Sandy, um, is just another way to control everybody everybody, and make them stay in one place.
1: And why do, you, why do you think they want to make you stay in one place, Victor?
2: It's easier to control you. Yeah. They know where you are. See, if you move, um, let's say if I move away from here, uh, I wouldn't be able to, because they would control you. Uh, there would be no uh, no cars to get me there, um, and also, what does what's behind banning rice now? What's the big deal about that? Yeah,
1: well, I was going to talk about that a little bit later, Victor. Uh, rice gives off methane, or the rice byproducts uh, give off methane. So, oh, yeah. really? Yeah, so. That's the uh, that's that's one of the the new things on the environmentalist hit list. but I don't disagree with you, Victor, on anything you said, basically that this is this is all geared toward uh, keeping us under control and and controlling the population, I think is one of the reasons why they want to get rid of gas. They, they're saying that it is um, for the sake of the planet. I, I don't believe that, to be honest with you, because you know we are, in fact, buying oil. We're actually we're buying oil from Russia and from uh, other places too. Venezuela, where it's much more uh, they don't use as a clean process as we use in the United States uh, to drill for oil. So they're not above buying oil to use things for things they need to. They're basically deliberately forcing our gas prices up for a reason. And that is they want us to give up cars. And I think what you said is true. It's going to take away your ability to be mobile, to go where you want, to be where you want, and they're not against that. Thank you for the call, Victor. I appreciate it very much. And good luck to your friend uh, with the light bulbs because that sounds uh, that sounds like a very difficult problem to solve if the incandescent light bulbs are, in fact, banned. We'll be right back. The number here is 617-266-6868. The text number is 70470. I'm Sandy Shack. This is the Kuna Report.
2: It's Carter Allen. Tell Alexa to play 100.7 WZLX and I Heart Radio, And tune in for the 1007 Coffee Break. I'll tell you about an Aerosmith album that came out on 420. 617
1: is the number here. This is Sandy Shack sitting in for Jeff Coner. The Biden administration is out to force their green agenda on us, no matter what the hardship, and in this case, mostly economic hardships uh, that it's going to cause. Um, and the gasoline prices is just one of them. What the One of the areas that they're really focused on is, is that they have deliberately set out to destroy the automobile industry. I am not kidding. They want to force a premature turn to electric vehicles in order to, quote, transform us into a green uh, economy overnight. That's what they're trying to do. The New York Times reported this first when the Biden administration uh, set out to um, basically change EPA regulations to eliminate most real car sales by 2030. And you may say, well, how do they do that? Well, they do that by making the regulations so onerous, so difficult for the car manufacturers Um, If they're making gasoline cars, gasoline driven cars, that uh, they're too expensive to make. You had EPA um, Administrator Michael Reagan getting out there and announcing this, uh, what was about, what, 10 days ago? Cut 50, please, Michael.
6: That's why today I'm pleased to announce that EPA is proposing the strongest ever federal pollution technology standards for both cars and trucks together today's actions will accelerate our ongoing transition to a clean vehicles future tackle the climate crisis head-on and improve air quality for communities all across the country
1: okay so that that sounds really good we all want a clean planet this but the problem is it's too expensive and you know and they know that we know that what they're doing i know that sounds you know it's confusing it's like you know who's on first they know that we know um and so regan got up there and said listen you know hey we're not talking about this is not we're not doing this to drive anybody out of business cut 52 please
6: and so when we look at uh this proposal uh and the opportunities to reach the very ambitious goals that we've set uh we're not prescribing any mandates uh, and we're not driving any particular technology out of business, so to speak. I think we're giving the markets and the automobile industry and the private sector the options to choose on how we best move forward to reach these uh, very, very, very ambitious climate goals uh, that we must reach if we are to protect this planet.
1: Okay, I call bull bleep on that one. You're not trying to force anything out. You're trying to force gas cars out of business. That's what you're trying to do. And in the end, I think what you're going to do is probably force all automobile manufacturers out of business. The plan by the White House is to force 67% of car sales to be electric by 2032. Most Americans will not be able to afford them, but there won't be any other options because the gas cars have also become too expensive to make because of the EPA regulations. Now, your only option is going to be an electric car. And even the cheapest electric cars, which are still far more expensive than, you know, the the gas cars are right now, are just one battery problem away from turning into unusable junk. You know, have you seen the stories I know you have of when somebody buys an electric vehicle and then the battery goes and they can't afford the 10 grand to replace the battery? There was a kid down in Florida. Her parents bought her a secondhand uh, electric vehicle. You know, they were trying to be, you know, do the right thing, be environmentally friendly. And they bought her the car and like two weeks later, the battery dies and they can't afford the 10 grand. So they now have this really expensive, you know, lawn ornament that they can't drive and they can't afford to. And they don't have money to buy her another car because they spent it all on this one. And who wants an EV that doesn't have a battery? You know they were talk about being bleeped. You know, oh my gosh, um, and so, but e- even if you can, y- you are contemplating an EV. M- most EVs are out of the price range that the majority of Americans who e- can afford. You need to have an income of eighty thousand dollars to make an EV auto loan work. And I suppose that works fine, you know, if you are part of the Biden administration, because I think their median income is like 95 grand. Um, And, but well, you know, that price is going to outprice most people in the country. Most people don't make that much money. 53% of Americans earn less than 75 grand. And some of the percentage who who earn in the median range fifty to seventy five may be able to make an eV purchase work if they cut back on, say, you know, food, clothes for the kids, um you know things of that nature. so there's about twenty percent who can do that, but the but the other twenty percent and the other close to forty percent um will be completely locked out and unable to own a car, and they'll have even bigger monthly payments. Um, or with no transportation, be unable to work. They won't be able to work because they won't be able to get to where they need to go. You know, I'll give you an example. I I cannot take public transportation to work because I come to work at, you know, two o'clock in the morning. The T does not run at two o'clock in the morning. There are no buses that run at two o'clock in the morning. So I have no option but to drive to work. And if I can't afford an electric vehicle by 2030, then what am I supposed to do? I cannot ride a bike from Medford to uh, from or from Brookline to Medford at 2 a.m. Is first of all, it's not safe, and secondly, it's just a little too far for me. I'll admit, I need to I need to get out and ride, you know, exercise more, get in better shape, but still two o'clock in the morning, running a bike. This is the problem that people are going to face. And not necessarily because of, you know, time constraints, but because there's no public transportation where they are and they're not going to be able to get to work or go to the store. And, and this is what Victor from Maryland was hinting at. You know, they're going to move. You're going to have to move closer to where you can work or where you can go to the store. And that's going to be more expensive. And this is, This is the catch 22, you know, that they're doing. You have to do this in order to do that. And then this is why gas prices are important. This is why these regulations that are going to kill uh, fossil fuel driven cars are important because it all goes to ultimate control. The new poor are going to be anybody who can't afford an electric car. And that's 53 percent of Americans can't will not be able to afford uh, an electric car. The Biden administration is moving to reserve car ownership privileges to people who can afford Teslas, and they are illuminating working class ownership and the social mobility and the economic possibilities that come with it under the guise of being green. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Because they are tone deaf or just lack any empathy for other human beings. They don't care this is creating a hardship for you. Because this is their political agenda. Already steadily rising emission standards has pushed the price of a new gas car toward 50000 Obama's emission standards raised the cost by thousands of dollars. And in California, which is one of the largest markets in the country, um, the cost... Their costs went even higher because they have even more stringent emission standards. And that kind of skews or distorts the cost for cars for everybody across the country. Prices rose steadily. And when combined with runaway inflation, you know, and government, caused by government spending, prices for cars just shot up. The average cost of a non luxury car last year hit $45,000. And since people only have so much money to spend, uh, sales, as you can imagine, dropped for those cars. I think it dropped by close to 10%. Millions fewer cars were sold. So even as our population grows, car sales are falling. So, and that's not even, we're not not even to the real crunch yet on the electric vehicles versus the gas-driven vehicles that's what's happening that this is a plan this isn't by happenstance this is a plan who's going to be shut out of biden's new banned car market the median income of like 47 states fall below the amount needed to buy an electric car in 47 states there most of the population will not be able to buy a car you know, and this is an ironic thing. This I found kind of interest. This I I found uh, pretty interesting, actually. Uh, when you think about it, um, the fact that in you know how the administration is always talking about how um, minorities are. Um, how to put it? Well, you know how in the the Chicago Dems are are shouting racism because the Walmart is closing. You know, we talked about that on Monday. How they're screaming? Um, you know, they, it's not because Walmart doesn't want to lose millions of dollars. It's because they're racist that want to move out. Everything is racist, right? Remember how jig said that um, that uh, our roads are 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 have been built based on racial inequity do you remember i think i have that cut actually um based on racial inequity they're very everything is racially motivated right the rest of us conservatives are racist and we're responsible for the world's problems and and anything that as somebody does that they don't agree with is racist and in fact i want to play the cut for you this is saying um our roads were built on racial inequity cut 26 please michael
5: We've got a crisis when it comes to roadway fatalities in America. We lose about 40,000 people every year. It's a level that's comparable to gun violence. And we see a lot of racial disparities. Black and brown Americans, tribal citizens, and rural residents much more likely to lose their lives whether it's in a car or as a pedestrian being hit by a car there are a lot of reasons uh related to discrimination related to uh the, even the ways that roads are designed and built who has access to uh, a safe street design that's got crosswalks and good lighting who doesn't have that access that can drive disparities and we have a, a responsibility to act on that
1: So he's really focused on racism in transportation, other than being focused on actually getting transportation to work, by the way. Um, But this is the ironic thing. This is why I bring it up. This ban that they want to do on cars, on gas cars, and try to force everybody to buy EVs, it cuts off the vast majority of minorities, of blacks, Latinos, and for that matter, uh, poor white people from car ownership with a median income of $46,000, um, African-Americans uh, would have to dedicate a fifth of their pre-tax income to car payments. This policy is racist. They'll never admit it. 617-266-6868. This is Sandy Shack. This is the Kuna Report. 617 6868 617 6868 is the number here. This is Sandy Shack. This is the Kuna Report. The Biden administration is trying to destroy the automobile industry. They're deliberately forcing gas prices up now. They're putting um, onerous regulation on gas-driven cars and forcing, basically forcing them into extinction um, in favor of evs that most americans will not be able to afford do you think that you'll be able to buy an electric car in in uh in what you know seven years five to seven years what will you do uh when your current car if you can't when your current gas guzzling car breaks down what are you going to do about that gary from new hampshire welcome to wrko how are you gary
3: good morning i'm fine yourself.
1: I am too. i fine, Gary. Do you drive an electric car?
3: Oh, no, no, I don't drive an electric car. Not at all. And I don't think I will. Let, let me, let me qualify myself. Okay. I, I'm uh-huh. I have a heavy engine with a couple of other sheepskins hanging off my belt. I'm 73 years old and I've got something pretty important to contribute here, but but I want to make a complaint first. Okay. The complaint is, first of all, I listen to the station all the time. I, I'm a conservative and I enjoy all this, but I, all of you are missing the point because you're mm,
7: mm, mm. okay I, Gary I kind of resist-
1: Gary, I gotta yeah. stop you. You keep moving something so you become muffled. Are you moving your hand in front of the the speaker on your phone because you just literally disappear into a br- 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 so I can't I couldn't hear the end of what you just said. Is this better? yes,
3: okay, great um, you guys are half right mm-hmm. And i will explain that um, you keep and this is not the crux of my call, but you all refer to Biden, the Biden administration, this, that, the other thing, the left as an entity that is doing things to destroy this or destroy that. And And I'd like to make a point here. It isn't them. They are teleprompter readers. They are shills. The people that are really trying to destroy capitalism, which is the underlying philosophy that allows the cream to rise to the top, are not in this country, or there are some of them are. They belong to the, to the. I call them the intellectual mob that thinks they're better than everybody. Those are the people propagating this, and they use the people like Joe Biden, who's a doddering old fool. He's only president. for. I don't even want to get into that conversation, but anyway. Here's something I would like to say I was planning board chairman in my community for many years Mm -hmm. and stuff came across my desk consistently. And it came across every desk in the United States on a planning board level. And a lot of people don't pay attention to things because they're not on the level of philosophical uh, um, conjecture where they apply this to the future. HUD documents, and I still own them. I I kept them because I saw the inherent mission. The HUD documents were this. They predict, and and by the way, all the HUD documents. I can give you the numbers, not right now. I happen to be in my office, but they all were sponsored by the United Nations, and even set it on it. a U.S. government document, sent to the chairman of the planning boards in every community across America. I was one of those people, mm-hmm. and I got these. And they state, this is the mission. There will be no more automobiles by 2035. They state this. There will be no more private property ownership by 2050. This is a statement by the United States government. It's hard to believe it sounds like I'm a crazy person saying something like this. I own these documents. Mm-hmm. So what's happening now is not simply the Biden administration of a bunch of well-intentioned green uh, provokers trying to do something good for the planet. This is nothing at all to do with that. And when we don't dive to the root of the problem and assess it, from where it starts, we got a problem. We're not gonna fix it. We're gonna talk about the spurious things that surround it that don't mean anything and are never gonna change because we don't see the problem. That's what's going on. I I mean, I saw this because it came across my desk and this was back in 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13. That's when I was chairman. And this isn't a new concept. They used to call it Agenda 21. They called it Global 2000 before that. Now, Mm -hmm. then it became Agenda 21. When that got a bad rap, they turned it to sustainable living because I kept getting documents about the same thing under different auspices constantly. That's what we're going through here, and people don't seem to be explaining that. We keep calling it the Biden administration did this, and the left did that, and da-da-da-da, and those are people that do nothing but follow orders and we're going to be the victims Well, my grandchildren will be I, I i'll be dead and it bothers me no end that my grandchildren are going to be stuck in a world that they can't survive in nobody's going to survive they're going to take away autonomy from everybody it's all part of socialism and it's the only way they can subjugate humanity and they're doing it it's happened a thousand times in history from Genghis Khan to karl marx and well, look at Mao Zedong, seventy-seven million dead. Joseph Stalin, fifty-five million dead. Paul Pot, twenty-two million. Idi Amin, two and a half million. I, it goes on and on and on. These people are no different than that. They're the same type of people. Right now, though, the media has given them a tool that is amazing. They can influence the intellect of everybody in their living room every day, all day, and they're they're really destroying our our, our progeny it's just horrible for me to watch but what can i say i'm an old man
1: <laughs> hmm. well i don't doubt you for a second and i don't think you're crazy um i think what you said has a lot of validity and it's incredibly frightening but i disagree yeah, totally. with you on one thing and that is uh, you can't fight an enormous an amorphous they you can't go. You know they did this or they're doing this. You have to put a name to it. You have to focus your attention on somebody that you can do something with, and that's why we fo- we focus on the Biden administration. Um, you so can't do anything. Like I, that. I didn't interrupt you, Gary. So I'd appreciate it if you didn't interrupt me. Okay. So I, I basically think that. Um, when I say the Biden administration, when anybody else says the Biden administration, that's what's right in front of us. That gives us a target, and we see exactly what they're doing, and we need to try to fight against what they are doing. That's not to say that we don't recognize the bigger issue that you know there are that there is a global move afoot to do exactly what you said um, to to eliminate private property, basically, and to move us all into smart cities. That's I, I'm not arguing that at all but i'm saying it is wrong to say that you can't um fight it on various levels one one of which is the biden administration that's what i'm saying
3: well can i add something sure i'm not saying that you shouldn't talk about the the foibles of the biden administration all these people but coupled with that should be the underlying theme of what's going on And because people just are too busy in their lives Mm. to pick up on this stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying don't attack the vitamins. They're worthy of attack. But we're we're slapping down a a swatting a bee and there's a tyrannosaurus behind it. that's all I'm saying. But anyway.
1: Well, I appreciate it, Gary. And I and I take what you say very seriously. You're an extremely art- articulate, intelligent man, and you presented uh, your case very well. And I think it makes a lot of people think twice. So, I, so thank you so much for the call, and thank you so much for taking the time and um, trouble. Um, I, I do, but I don't think it's all, I don't think it is as um, useless as you seem to think it is to swat at the bees. Um, it doesn't you can you can take down a Tyrannosaurus Rex you know it, it is possible we did do it and I think we can do it again um, and I think you need to call out when you see the issues you need to call them out and you need to respond to them one by one it, eventually that world may come in like 300 years our goal is to make sure it's not coming you know in 2035 and in 2050 um, it's we're far away from it's being forced upon us now there may be a time when society agrees to go in that direction but this is not that time and that's what this point is CJ from Boston welcome to WRKO how are you CJ
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. Great, uh, Sandy. Great job.
4: Look, the gentleman is, is correct. This is an international, uh, more or less, conspiracy on this uh, on this Green New Deal agenda. For anybody who watches the the, the international news, you know whether it be B- BBC, uh, Japanese news, German news, it's all along the same line. They're all following the same agenda. Uh, but you had mentioned Tesla. Anyone who does their homework on a Tesla wouldn't even look at a Tesla. Since 2008, one-third of all of those cars have been recalled. You have steering wheels that are loose. You have heating systems that don't work. Uh, you, you have uh, uh, one gentleman had duct tape on, on, his, uh, on his glove box. Uh, you can't use the heat in, when it gets cold. I know someone in California, when the temperature drops, they don't dare put the heat on in the car because they lose lose 50% of the power. Is that an but, EV, uh, an electric vehicle you're talking about? Yeah, exactly, it's a Tesla, it's a Tesla. Oh,
1: a Tesla, that's right, I'm sorry.
4: It, yeah. it's a Tesla. So, I mean, if you look at these vehicles, if you look at the recent fire five weeks ago, up on Route 1, uh, up on 93, it took 28,000 gallons to put that Tesla up. They just keep burning and burning and burning. You know, if you do your homework, uh, you you see that some H, uh, 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 homeowners associations don't even allow them in the garage. These things are just fire hazards and fire traps. Uh, you have Ford Motor Company lost $3 billion uh, investing in these electric vehicles over the last few years. Uh People need to do their homework. In England, they're going back to gas vehicles because this, they're in line six to seven hours to charge a vehicle. But that is the intent. The intent is to get rid of the vehicles, to push the public transportation, and to get every everyone off the streets. They know what they're doing, and what they would be doing is you would not, you would not. All these, uh, uh, all your mechanics, local mechanics, will be gone you will be forced to go to a dealership because these these independent dealers would not have the ability to pay for the equipment needed just to diagnose these vehicles. But people, I, I think, need to do their homework. Uh, these vehicles, basically, if you look at them, if you look at the safety issues on these vehicles, they should be taken off the road. They should not even be allowed to be on the road. But... Uh, Having, having said that, there is an international agenda, this green agenda uh, that has been going on. Yeah. Now, if you take, a, if you take a, tra- a tractor trailer, if you take the tractor on that trailer, they have tractors that have zero emissions running off diesel fuel, which is dirtier than gasoline. So the question has to be brought up as to why de- can't they put those same emissions on a regular vehicle is because they don't want to. They oh, don't want to. They have an agenda.
1: Exactly right, CJ. They don't want to. They absolutely don't want to. I agree with you. They also. The Biden administration is also forcing the auto industry to retool, uh, so they can no longer make uh, those the gas guzzling cars. The, the gas, you know, uh, I don't want to. I hate using the word guzzling, but I'm trying to figure out a way to, um, you know, cars that are that run by that run by gas. Um, And what they're doing is they're retooling the industry for a marketplace that has no connection to the consumers that that basically the consumers don't want right now. That's part of the big problem. I mean, will there even be um, will there even be a GM and a Ford and or any of these car manufacturers uh, in what uh, in in 10 years, to be honest with you? Because if you look at it, you know, will will the car companies still exist in 2030? Uh, Because they're losing money hand over fist when they're trying to go along with what the Biden administration has been doing, CJ. Um, They've squandered billions on green on green vehicles. Ford reported a $3 billion loss on electric cars. $3 billion loss. And that's just, you know, and they expect to sell... Uh, about two million electric cars in 2025, and that's up from the 62,000 that they sold, you know, last year. How do you go from selling tens of thousands of cars to millions of cars in, in a two year period? The only way you can do it is to get rid of, you know, make it untenable for for gas driven cars. And then the problem that they're going to find that Ford, I think, is going to discover is that nobody can afford those cars that they're making we're we're in a very bad situation when it comes to cars cj thank you so much Sandy, for, i think i'm sorry you you want to say something go ahead make a comment here yeah
4: i'd, I'd like to make a comment on the epa go right the ahead EPA, the epa is making these regulations but uh, east palestine the railroad car derailment they were going to ch- they were going to test for dioxide uh, dioxins which basically is agent orange which, which was dumped in Vietnam, one of the most deadliest chemicals that you can find. So the EPA said, no, we'll give it to the railroad. And guess what? They found dioxins. Maybe that's the reason why Joe Biden never went down there. I mean, that, that area is totally contaminated. And these are the agencies that are over, supposed to oversee the health and safety of the public. And they neglected to do their own job down there.
1: I agree I with you. Tried,
4: yeah, just finally on Buttigieg there when he when he when he mentions racial inequality when it comes to the roads. Yeah, he must he must be referring to those white dividing lines that go down the middle of the roads. So I think that's what he's talking about.
1: But um pum you need a rim shot there, CJ. A good day. You too, sir. Thank you for calling. Yeah, I, I the whole racial thing with with Buttigieg's obsession with transportation being racist inherently racist just kills me especially when you think about how the fact that this new car policy forcing everybody to buy electric vehicles the 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 groups that are going to be most hard hit by that are the minority groups who are already uh affected by you know income disparity uh by other policies so i mean think about it um as i said before the median income of uh African Americans is about $45,000 which means they would have to spend a fifth of their pre-tax incomes for car payments or spend most of their annual salary on a car. I think the median income for Latinos is like 55, 56,000 They won't even have an easier time of it. Um, And I mean, same thing. They're not going to be able to afford cars. This car policy is, in fact, racist, what they're doing. So it's very ironic to me that you have Pete Buttigieg out there saying, you know, this is racist, that is racist. These are the things he's focusing on other than, you know, what happened at... At the on, at the train uh, derailment, as CJ brought up, or the fact that Southwest Airlines went offline again yesterday and had a national shutdown and they, they eventually got everything working again by late afternoon. but that's what he should be focusing t- focusing his time on. Instead, he's out there talking about racist roads and putting forth this whole electric vehicle, theory that everybody needs to have an electric vehicle by 2030, which in fact is a racist policy when you look at it, when you look at its effect and what it's going to do. Um, so, I mean, that's, to me, is is one of the incredible, uh, bizarre things that's happening. And all these policies, while the automobile companies are trying to get on board and do electric vehicles, it is destroying them. First of all, there's no consumer base there. There's not going to be people who can afford what they're making. And what they're making is too expensive for them when it comes to uh, raw materials. Ford, the Ford Soros investment in Rivian uh, fared very poorly. It was that, Rivian was that, that trendy electric pickup. And the truck manufacturer was spending 220000 to make cars that it sold or trucks that it sold for 81000 you know, so it was a lost leader to begin with. Numbers like this don't work, no matter how much they're subsidized. They only start working when the business model not only gets rid of affordable cars, but also private car ownership. And that's as as uh, the gentleman who called earlier, um, Gary from New Hampshire, brought up. That is their goal, is to get rid of private car ownership. And CJ kind of referenced it too. That's what this is about. This is not about making cars for American consumers. We're going to be left with one or two car companies. The rest are going to go bust. And these car companies are going to make uh, basically cars that are for group use, not private cars. You know, what? basically Western automakers are moving beyond the car as a product to the car as a service. You know, self-driving technology combined with apps means car access as opposed to car ownership. Everyone will be Uber or Lyft while spending a lot more money on transportation and getting a lot less out of it. Most of all, the freedom of being able to go anywhere is going to be gone. You'll not just be able to get into a car and go anywhere you want, um, it's no longer going to be an option by by the 2030s. The plan is that the vast majority of America will not own cars; they will pay money to access them. You know, like you can you can you know rent a car for a day or you know however long you need it um, until eventually, my guess is that's even going to die out. The electric cars will consume um, such a large portion of monthly earnings that you're not gonna be able to afford it. And if you can, they're gonna have a very limited range. You know, and it can you imagine your grandchildren are gonna say, Oh my gosh, there was a time when people owned cars. You know, it's the same way that, you know, we look back and say, oh my God, there was a time, you know, when when people could smoke on airplanes and do this and that. You know, that's what it's gonna be like. That's exactly what it's gonna be like. You know, and and some are gonna to try to keep used cars going but insurance regulations and, and the EPA clean air standards are going to force these cars off the road eventually too. the Biden infrastructure bill already has the government monitoring where you drive and included a measure to allow it to turn off your car. Can you imagine that they're going to, they're going to, they're, they're they're putting stuff in the new cars that they can take and turn them off on you. California's, Failed experiment in solar and wind has led to brownouts and bans on charging cars. So we also have a power issue that's going to be happening. This is this is really frightening. um, You know, science fiction kind of stuff. When you when you looked at when you watched Star Trek or read 1984, this is this is the stuff you thought that's so bizarre that can never happen, and it's happening. Right in front of us. Right absolutely positively in front of us. Let's go to GIF in Dorchester. Cliff, welcome to WRKO.
7: Morning, Sandy. You you heard the expression of uh, election of consequences. Mm-hmm. Those people, they voted for those people. They're given power over their lives and that's what's happening right now. But uh, I won't be articulate like Gary and, and CJ, but um, the main idea is these people it's all about making money picture yourself a gallon of gas in massachusetts for you pay 35 cents of taxes on every gallon of gas you buy and then some cars are giving some cars are giving you like 35 40 miles per gallon if they're lucky they made out of plastic anyway but when they get into a car accident those cars you need a vacuum to get them off the road (laughs) and um and uh the city of boston have a have, have, a, have plans to eliminate cars all over the city. This is why they're turning two lanes into one lane, and people are stuck in traffic for miles. Oh, yeah. You should see it in the afternoon. Places that used to be two lanes are turned to one lane, and the bicycle lane is bigger than the regular lane for the cars. It's like, it's crazy. You know what,
1: Cliff, I'm going to hold you because we're coming up against a break, but I I want you to hold on so we can talk on the other side. But exactly what you're talking about happened in my city of Brookline. There's a part on Beacon Street where it used to be two. Now it's down to one. And the other lane isn't even, it's sort of a bike lane, but it's been marked off by, by like these little dividers. You can't even drive in it. So you now have this bottleneck on Beacon Street. i